Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast, guys. I have to start off by apologizing for the conflict, the tense, tense conflict that you're going to hear at the very beginning of this episode. It, I, it's, I lost my head and I apologize. Um, and just, but I didn't, but not enough to edit it out. So it's there and you can judge me harshly if you want. Gang, I am still doing shout outs for people who want to leave us honest reviews on iTunes. Jump on iTunes, live as an honest review, what you think of the podcast, and then shoot me an email. The email address is podcast at drandyrourke.com. Tell me who needs a shout out, why they're awesome, why they're amazing, and I will make you a video and I'll send it to you and you can show it to them. And it just comes straight from me and I'll talk about why that person is awesome and it really brightens people's day. I love it because it makes people happy. And I just, the feedback I've gotten has been wonderful. And so this is a thing that I'm going to keep doing because I really, really like it. Also, thinking of speaking of things I'm going to keep doing, don't forget, we're doing our $100 a week giveaway. That's right. Every week we are giving away 100 bucks. All you got to do is sign up for the Dr. Andy Rourke newsletter. It comes out Thursday morning. It's all the podcast stuff. It's the stuff from the website. Super fun stuff, and um, that's all you got to do is be on it. So head over to drandyrourke.com and get signed up for the newsletter. And if you're already getting the newsletters, you're set and good to go. Just sit back and wait for that sweet, sweet Dr. Andy Rourke money to come rolling in. And with that, let's get into this podcast. If you don't know David Liss, I have a huge treat for you. I think the world of David Liss, he is a veterinary technician. He is double boarded. He is boarded in emergency in, uh, in emergency critical care and in small animal internal medicine. He is a fantastic lecturer. If he's ever at a conference, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are a, a boarded uh, veterinarian in emergency and critical care. You should go see David Liss talk just because of how entertaining he is. Um, how real world and practical he is. I just think that he is wonderful. I go and sit in his lectures when he is speaking. I am not kidding. He really is just great. We've got a super fun podcast for you. Let's get into it. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to Cone of shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Hey, everybody. I am here with my uh, good friend, David List. I say good friend because he's back. He's back in my good graces. Dave, we've, we've been beefing for years. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I did remember? not. Do you, oh, you don't. That's so no. hopeful that you don't remember. We oh, were right. in. We were in Nova Scotia together, right? You and I at, at in Halifax, Nova Scotia, at right. the vet conference there, right? Right. We went out to dinner, right? We agreed that we would get separate desserts and okay. share them. Okay. Do you remember the cobbler? I yes. gave you half of my cobbler, right? And you ate it, and then you forgot about our deal and ate all of your dessert. Andy Rourke, you are fickle. <laughs> it's been five years, and every time I think of you, I boil with rage and go, David Liz! <laughs> like, oh, I will you tell owe you, me I... half of a dessert at some point. 
<laughs> I remember um, presenting and um, you were in the corner of the room, you'd wandered in and I just felt my gut just clench, you know, and oh my God, Andy worked in the back of my room. And do you remember that whoever was introducing me was flirting with me? You remember that? <laughs> so, oh, oh, he's kind of cute. And I'm red as a beat seeing Andy work in the back of the room getting almost felt up by this Canadian sales rep about to give a talk on who knows what it was. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> that man. was great though. I can't believe that was five years. It's been a long yeah. time. <laughs> All right. You are, I have forgiven you for the dessert incident and I am ready to mend our fences Sweet. by playing. How do you treat that? Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. Awesome. So I, so first of all, let me just say, I am thrilled to have you here in, in all seriousness. I think the world of you, I have always enjoyed your uh, presentations. I think you're you're brilliant. I just I enjoy you so much as a person. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. You're also um, a technician, double boarded in uh, internal medicine and or small animal internal medicine and emergency and critical care. So you flat out know your stuff. Let's <laughs> let's play. So I have got this. Um, it's a four year old intact male Labrador retriever who was hit by a car. So the owners brought the dog in. And it walks in. So he, we'll call him Duke. Duke mm. walks in and the technician goes and checks his gums and he's pink mm. and, and he's walking in. I am getting ready to go into this exam room. The dog's literally standing up, um, pink gums. The tech's like, I don't know. Do you want to go in there? How do you treat that? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I think that, I would always, in this situation, treat these guys basically as if they're dying until proven otherwise. Okay. And I'll tell you why. You know, you've got um, the splenic contraction that a dog does in shock. So PCV is kind of falsely high. You've got um, the the kind of shock response when the blood vessels clamp down and push blood deeper into the tissues, but you get this kind of artificially pink gums that can happen. And this dog could literally be, you know, be bleeding out. We're not even sure. So okay. I see this a lot and I see a lot of, and I'll just say it, complacency on the, um, you know, on the, on the veterinarian or technician triage side of forgetting that this dog got slammed into by a ton, you know, two ton object at yeah. 40 miles an hour, you know? Um, so I would, you know, definitely check the gums. You want to, um, uh, assess their perfusion, get a temperature, but get some pulses, feel, feel femoral and what I call distal pulses. You kind of creep your fingers down the foot and feel those pedal pulses yeah. and they could be whooshing. They could be thready. You know, you really want to kind of make an assessment of that um, right. and walk them around, you know, see what they're doing. The first thing is sometimes, you know, we think the dog's wagging its tail. It's going to wag its tail. It's a dog. The minute it walks in the, in the door, unless it's literally dying. Right. So mm -hmm. maybe, Three or four minutes later, its head's drooping down, its tail's tucked under, and you start to notice some of these more um, kind of subtle signs. Okay. Um, and I'm I, I'm an advocate for being pretty aggressive. You know, talk to the owner, tell him, hey, we want to do a couple of, of tests to kind of see where things are at. We're, we're nervous. We're worried about him. Um, and, you know, and would that be okay? And then I'd move him to the back and probably pop a catheter in, get some minor blood work, and kind of start there. Cool. So unpack this for me a little bit. The the, the pulses. So I'm I talked about feeling the femoral pulse inside the leg, going down to the pedal pulse, uh, whooshing versus thready. What type of conclusions are you drawing there? Like like what what do you just lay out for us? Like what are we getting from feeling the pulses? If I feel the pulse, am I I'm like 
good to go. I feel a pulse. That means we're, we've got enough of a blood pressure that I feel ephemeral pulse. Is, is that, yeah. is that our, our question or are we looking for more than that? Yeah, no, great question. So when the body um, has some sort of a traumatic event, uh, you know, and the shock response starts in in a traumatic event, like a hit by car, you're going to think usually about like hypovolemic shock. So losing fluid or blood, Um, not so much septic or neurologic or some of these other kinds of shocks. So hypovolemic. And the typical response is going to be if there's blood kind of being lost in the body, whether it's into a cavity or, you know, whatever it is, um, the body's going to immediately vasoconstrict the peripheral arteries to kind of shunt blood to the core. And so um, you feel the femoral pulse, right? Big, thick artery. And you go, okay, pulse, good. Except when you go more distal and you go more peripheral with your arteries, you might not find a distal pedal, pedal artery or metatarsal artery as easily it might be a little thinner harder to find a little kind of and i i just use i I like to talk about water flow when i talk about pulses so you've got like a rapids you know which is a good strong pulse or you've got like a babbling brook which is kind of a thinner thready pulse so when you go distal and you kind of go oh the feet are a little colder or the pulse is not great you might actually have some vasoconstriction telling you their shock yeah our you know this is such a great skill and we know that all, all of our vets and vet techs out there, I know it, when you're at home and you're watching Netflix, you're totally palpating your dog. Like I, I know that she's laying in your lap and you're feeling lymph nodes. And oh, you're feeling, yeah. I, that's what, that's me all the time. My dog <laughs> is constantly being palpated yep. and feel, and I don't know why I do this, but I do. I know I'm not alone. Check those pulses. Just, yep. and, and all seriousness, start checking those pulses. And when you're doing a physical exam in the room, do it. And when, when you've got pets under anesthesia, um, you know, start check, check those, uh, those pedal, uh, the pedal pulses, things like that and just build those skills. It just comes from practice. And also if you don't know what's normal, then you don't know what's abnormal. And so right. just what a great skill. And it's just a great reminder. That's why we check pulses in well pets and just get used to feeling those things. And, and one being able to find them quickly, but number yeah. two, building our baseline for what is normal. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we, um, so we're, we're aggressive. We say to these people, Hey, we don't know what's going on inside. He, lo- he may look fine. He may be standing up here right now. We need, we need to look at, uh, we need to look deeper. And so we go into our diagnostic. So, uh, we're, we're checking PCV. We're, uh, we're pulling some blood work. We're, um, are you going straight to, to radiographs? Is that, is that, um, is that your first diagnostic? Uh, if, if the, if the dog is standing there not limping? Yeah, good question. No, um, you know, depending on the practice, um, and I've been just so fortunate to work in practices with um, kind of access to ultrasound. Ultrasound is my go-to. Non-invasive, you can do it standing, you can do it on their side, you can do a real quick, what we call a fast scan. So a focused assessment um, using sonography and trauma. Uh, You can evaluate in, you know, 30 seconds for fluid in the belly, fluid in the chest, pneumothorax, that kind of thing. So that requires a little special training, but that ultrasound is, is vital. Um, That, that fluid in the belly checks pretty, pretty straight up quick, you know, good, good to go. I mean, you don't have to be super advanced with ultrasound to pop a probe on, at least on their belly. And, you know, we're looking for fluid around the bladder. You know, you, you know what fluid in the admin looks like pretty, pretty quickly. So that's, that's, that's a good, you're right. Getting into the thorax a little bit. Um, again, most, well, most of us don't, again, most of us don't do a lot of ultrasounds on the chest. Right. So we're not super comfortable with what it looks like. And again, it's just a great reminder when you've got pets under anesthesia and you've got some time or you're doing other things and you're doing the belly, just go ahead and stick the probe on the chest. Just, you know what I mean? Just to, 
just to remember what normal is. That that that's a, a note that I'm making for myself. I I've got out of the habit of that. I, yeah. I need to, I need to be just sticking it back on the chest just to yeah, work. That makes sense. And for the chest, just a, you know, lateral X-ray is a real good screening tool just to see if you've got that heart off the sternum, you got a pneumo. That's your that's your big one. Um, you know, I haven't mentioned blood pressure yet, and I wanted to mention it real quickly. Really great to get a baseline, um, and I and I'm and I'm an advocate for blood pressure. Put the probe on everybody. Uh, you know, put the cuff on everybody. But just to remember that a normal blood pressure doesn't mean no shock. Uh, you know, especially with the type of shock we're talking about, hypovolemic shock, very, very common for them to have normal or even kind of a hypertensive type of blood pressure. What parameter we typically look for in critical care is the heart rate, because when you've got, um, you know, epinephrine, norepinephrine, dopamine, all that stuff circulating around, you're going to be maintaining your blood pressure, at least if the dog, if, if the if the adrenals and all that system are working well, the blood pressure is probably going to be normal. That's actually what I would predict in a dog who walks in with a pink, pink gums, but they're going to be tachycardic. And that's the one sign that can't hide. And that's the sign saying, I need fluids. I need yeah. to be evaluated. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. So, when um, you say uh, you're a big fan of baseline blood pressure, t- explain to me what, what you mean. Are you talking about getting baseline blood pressures during wellness exams? So I have blood pressures from previous visits? Or are you talking about this uh, hit by car dog comes in and I want to just check check a blood pressure right now, knowing it may be normal and that doesn't mean that we're out of the woods? So what, what, what are you saying there? Right. Absolutely. The latter. I mean, doing doing blood pressures and baseline and exams is great too, but the latter, because the name of the game in critical care is trend, trend, trend. So I get a blood pressure, let's say, of, you know, 135 over 72 in this dog um, and a heart rate of, let's say, 120. So pretty fast for a lab, normal blood, normal-ish blood pressure. And I go, okay, everything's good. Don't worry about it. 20 minutes later, 95 over 60. Okay. A little low, but not too bad. 20 more minutes later, 73 over 40. Now we got a problem, you know, but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't have that baseline, even, even 135 systolic going down to 130, 125, 120, you're losing 15, 20 points. You haven't really done any treatment, but 135 was the baseline, you know, you're, you're in trouble. Gotcha. Okay. That makes tons of sense. Great. So, um, so yeah, so we've got this dog that's come in standing up looking pink. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to push. We're going to look for fluid in the abdomen. We're looking. Uh, we're looking at the chest. We're checking blood pressures. We're feeling pulses. Um, and I guess at that point, we're going to start to switch over and start seeing what our diagnostics, how they come back, and we're going to work this case up. Are there any other pearls um, as we take this uh, this HBC in in the first ten minutes? I mean, uh, yeah. anything else that you would share there? Yeah. I'll give you some quick ones. So the first one would be, you know, you're going to run your big, probably your big labs, you know, your IDEX or your Abaxis or whatever unit and everything. You mm-hmm. really want to look at PCV total solids. You mentioned it earlier, Andy. Thank you for bringing that up. Remember the PCV in a dog probably will be maybe high or artificially normal because of that splenic contraction. So total solids has been found to be the more kind of reliable indicator of hemorrhage or, or you know, fluid loss. So they say less than five and a half grams per deciliter, okay. you're losing fluid somewhere. Um, so I use that a lot more to go, ooh, if the t- total solids is five or four and a half, I go, ooh, fluids, you know, I'm losing protein somewhere. Let's go look for it. Um, ALT is always a good one to see if you, you know, got hit in the liver and got some ALT release and then lactate. I know not all clinics in the world have lactate, but the meters are cheap and small and you can screen for shock that way too. So that's on the blood side and then pain meds and fluids. Those are your next two kind of cornerstones to treat these guys until you know what the major traumatic issue is. So, you know, if they're, if they're in pain, you've assessed them, you give them a good whopping dose of something strong. 
a pure mu opioid, you know, buprenex and torb are not really meant for this. Um, yep. and then, a, and then a small kind of what we call a quarter shock or a partial shock dose of fluids. And that's where you start. Great. So I was taught a uh, quarter shock dose of fluids, take the pets or the dog's weight in pounds and add a zero to the end. Is that, how, how do you do that? Or is that, <laughs> you know, that I may have... be some hillbilly, uh, hillbilly <laughs> vet knowledge. Um, I that. would have to, I would have to kind of in my head, work out the math of that. Um, you know, basically what we think about is 10 to 20 mils per kg of a crystalloid as kind of an initial starting place. Um, you know, it's always, you know, there's a little more, you could put some thought into it. And then we, we usually reserve like the colloids, like head of starch for a little bit later down if we can't get things fixed with head of, with, uh, LRS or saline or whatever. And what you want to watch for is that heart rate. So if you've got a patient who's hypovolemic and losing fluid or blood somewhere shocky, the heart rate's super high because that heart's trying to compensate and you give them fluids, you start to restore that volume, that heart rate should come down. And that's what you actually look for, kind of trend it. Heart rate's 130, you give them 10 mils per kg, it comes down a little bit, give them a little more, comes down more, you play that game. Yeah, so start with crystalloids, move to colloids. You you don't have much preference in crystalloids. I mean, there's nothing to look out for there. Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, we typically talk about using a balanced isotonic crystalloid, so LRS, Normasol, Plasmalite. Um, saline is, it's funny because it's actually the standard in human medicine, but mm -hmm. it's an acidic fluid, and so when you've got a patient who's got hypovolemic shock, probably metabolic acidosis on top of it, and you give them an acidic fluid, you make that pH worse. So why it's the standard in humans, I don't know, but in veterinary medicine, we typically talk about a balanced uh, isotonic crystalloid with a buffer in it. Okay, cool. And we talked about pain medicines, uh, your partial opioid agonist, uh, your buprenex, your uh, butorphanol, uh, probably probably not going to cut it here. Um, any other words of wisdom on pain medications that we're picking out? Is there anything that we're definitely staying away from? Yeah, you know, and when I say that, I'm not I'm not condemning those medications. No. talking about, you know, major trauma. Um, and the other thing with critical care is like we typically get nervous about doing something that we can't get rid of. When you talk about a pure mu, whether it's fentanyl or morphine or hydro or methadone, you can reverse it with naloxone. So you could get rid of that guy if it caused any issues. Yeah. Um, but again, the safest med is the one you're used to. Really, it is, you know. And so if you're willing to re if you use buprenex and torb and want to reevaluate your protocols, um, I would encourage you to. But if those are your go-tos and you're safe with them, stick with them and just know that they don't have they're not labeled for severe pain. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. And, and I totally agree with your um, assessment that if these are not drugs that you use, now is probably not the case to <laughs> uh, to experiment. I, I do get that. I, just one of my personal things is, um, you know, historically we have leaned so much on, especially Torb, on butorphanol. And it's just, it's not, it's, it's just not as potent as we think. Yeah. And we need to be getting comfortable with, other drugs and more powerful drugs. And that's just, there's just a lot of vets I know out there who reach for the TORB. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I, I don't think, I don't think that we're doing our patients a lot of favors sometimes. So anyway, I don't mean that to be super critical. And, and I love the way you put that. The best drug is the one that you're comfortable with, but yeah, I, I would push that, especially if you're hit by, hit by car dogs. Excellent. <laughs> cool. Awesome. David, this is fantastic. I, I really appreciate it. Um, any, any final pearls, anything, any mistakes that we should make sure not to avoid any last things that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I'll just say in, in you know, five seconds, it's just remember the, the, the kind of name of the game with emergency critical care or trauma is the iceberg. So you look at the dog, they walk in, they're pink, you think, oh, stable, safe, no problem. When underneath that surface is a hemoabdomen, a pneumothorax, a flail chest, uh, you know, a, a, a ruptured bowel. I mean, there's a million things that could be wrong. So, you know, keep your spidey sense up. 
um, and don't leave any stone unturned. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, David. This is fantastic. I really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for being here. No problem. Anytime, sir. <laughs> Take care. You, you still owe me dessert. <laughs> and that is our episode. I hope you had a good time. I hope you learned some tidbits, some pearls, some things you might put into practice. Gang, if there are subjects that you would like to hear covered, shoot me an email and let me know. The email address is podcast at uh, com. That's podcast at com. And gang, I'll see you next week.